Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com, and we're talking today about what it looks like to put on love in our homes. As a young believer, I first came across the put-on, put-off principle in reading, of all books, The Excellent Wife. It's based on the principles in Ephesians 4 regarding what bad habits we are to put off and what good habits we are to put on. And Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So, as believers, we've been called in Ephesians 4.22 to put off our old self, right? And in Ephesians 4.24, we've been called to put on our new self. So, we came to Christ with habits and ways of thinking that are difficult to break in our own strength. As believers, those of us who have repented and put their faith and trust in Jesus alone for salvation, we have become new creations by the work of the Lord in us at the moment of salvation. We are made new. Martin Lloyd-Jones shared a really helpful illustration of what our old way of thinking can do to us. He shared a story here. He said, when Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, they were officially free from their many years of servitude but some of them went on living as if they were still slaves. The president's proclamation gave them legal standing as free citizens. It was a done deal. They were no longer slaves. But out of habit and way of thinking, many of these poor people still live like slaves. So they needed to live in accordance with the new facts. When they were tempted to think like a slave, they needed to say no, The truth is, I'm now a free man. They needed to appropriate that truth into their daily experience. So let's take a look a little deeper here about just going through these Ephesians verses. Let's look at Ephesians 4.22 and the phrase to put off. And that means in other ways too, to lay down or to lay aside. And we see it referred to as clothing in Acts 7.58 and the stoning of Stephen when they laid their garments aside. Acts 7.58 says, then they cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Lay down, same term as Ephesians 4.22 to put off. So to get a clearer picture, let's look at a couple more verses together. In Romans 13, 12, we get a clearer picture of what Paul is saying in Ephesians. We begin to realize that when you put off this garment, it isn't just about the old man itself and the way he used to live. It's a lifestyle. Romans 13, 12 says, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us, quote, cast off the works of darkness, and put on the armor of light. Peter uses it in 1 Peter 2.1. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. So Peter is saying, 
get these garments off of you. You don't live like that anymore. Put that off. That's the old. You are to wear the new. So the word laying aside means to take off something like you take off a garment. So let's look at the next word and talk about what we are to put on or the next phrase. Ephesians 4.24 says, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This new garment is created in righteousness and holiness. It contrasts to the old way we used to live and the new way we are to live. And we get a clear picture in Acts 12.21 here. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. Paul takes that word that put on and uses it in an analogy of how we are to live as if we are putting on a garment for others to look at, for others to see. When we put on Christ, he is our garment. I'm going to borrow this next part from Dr. Wayne Barber. Um, because he worded this so clearly, more so than I could have. He says, now this is interesting. I am to put on. Every day I get up and put on. Every moment I move, put on. But wait a minute. When did I get the garment? Look in Colossians 3, 9 through 11. We're going to find that we have already put it on. That's interesting. He says, put it on in Ephesians, while Colossians says, you already put it on. Colossians 3.9 says, Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self. Here's what I want you to see. It's in the aorist middle. Aorist means there has been a time, a certain time when you have put it on. But it also, it's also in middle voice. You choose to do it. You understood what you were doing when you put on the new man. And I can hear some of you thinking, he says, he says, wait a minute, God shows us. It has nothing to do with that argument. That is not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, in essence, you understood what you were doing when you bowed before Jesus Christ. You may have not had much understanding then, but you understood that the old garment was a product of a sinful nature and that you, being an Adam, could not save yourself. You understood that because repentance is taking a garment off and turning and putting a garment on. We did that at the moment of our salvation. We put on the garment at the time of our salvation. We turned around, repented, right, to turn from, sick of the old, and put on the new. He says, now I don't understand. If I've already put it on, why do I have to put it on? <clears throat> when we put it on at the moment of our salvation, we put it on inwardly. Now, we have to wear it outwardly. Let me say that again. When we put it on at the moment of our salvation, we put it on inwardly. And now we have to wear it outwardly. Dr. Barber says, folks, it's the same thing Paul is saying in Philippians when he says, work out your salvation in Philippians 2.12. In other words, get what is on the inside on the outside. Put it on. That's end quote there. So I want to talk about our new nature a bit more before we get into how we can put on an attitude in our love in our homes, because this is foundational for us to grasp and understand the put on, put off principle. So we have a new nature when we receive Christ and when we're born again. 
We become a totally different individual. We are now citizens of heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The apostle reminds us, the apostle Paul, he reminds us throughout his epistles that we have a new nature. This new nature, it affects our mind, our heart, our knowledge, our wisdom, our love, our desires, every aspect of our being, right? And according to God's word, we are new. We are transformed. Okay, so we're new. We're transformed. Why do we still sin? We're asking ourselves, right? It's a question I ask myself, right? Because as I stated above, this is the reason. We're still wearing that stinky garment. We need to get rid of that garment. 1 Peter 2.1 tells us to lay it aside. That means to strip off those garments. So as believers, we now have a new nature. Our behavior is now able to match our new nature because Christ is in us. So let me state that again. These are key points I want to, as believers, we now have a new nature. Our behavior is now able to match our new nature because Christ is in us. We are risen with Christ and we should now behave in accordance with who we are. Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So how do we walk in a manner worthy? When we become Christians, God gives us new minds, but we need to fill it with good things. Think Philippians 4.8 here, right? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We need to let Christ think through us. How do we do this? We need to know and meditate on his word. We need to fill our minds with truth so our minds are created in righteousness and holiness. When that's in our mind, that's the way we will live. See, so many times we can sadly let the world mold us into its way of thinking. The world is proud, we're to be humble. The world hates, we're to love. The world divides, we're to unite. I just finished listening to The Holiness of God, an audiobook. My husband and I were on a vacation recently, and we listened to the audiobook when we were driving. And as I was um, just going through this podcast today, some thoughts that came to me as I was preparing it was when R.C. Sproul reminded us that we can't renew our minds without knowing God's Word. And as I said in podcast episode 15, Prioritizing God's Word When Life is Busy, um, that was a few weeks back, I reiterated there, we need to know what God's word says, friends. We need to read it and study it for ourselves. We can't rely on what others tell you about God's word. And that includes me. Don't rely on what I'm telling you. Search and study the scriptures for yourself. It's not easy becoming holy. And there can be no superficial understanding of God and his word. We are called as believers to excellence. R.C. Sproul said, we need to be people whose lives have changed because our minds have changed. So I'm going to turn this now over into the attitudes in our homes because many times the attitude in our homes, it doesn't match up to what we profess to believe. 
we can find ourselves so many times being unloving, impatient, selfish, and angry with those that we love the most. In our natural state, we don't put God and others first. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And if you are in Christ, you possess the fruit of the Spirit. When our hearts are being ruled by the Spirit, we will only desire the very best for someone. Jesus is our perfect example of how love acts. Ephesians 5, 2 says, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I'm not stating that we will be perfect because that is impossible here on this earth, but our walk with the Lord should be continually growing and changing us more into the likeness of Christ. Many times we don't see much growth because we don't take the time to replace the old bad habits with new good habits that reflect obedience to God's word and what he desires for us. It's so easy for us to fall back into our regular default mode. But think about this, ladies. What would our homes look like if we responded to others with love instead of impatience or anger? The Lord calls us to discipline ourselves for the sake of godliness in 1 Timothy 4, 7-8. And when we obey God's word, he helps us to supernaturally fulfill that calling. He will continue to change us to be more like Jesus. So we need to rethink our thinking, right? And correcting our children can be an area where the anger that is already inside us comes out and may be a bit too easy at times. So the next time that you're responding to your child in anger, or maybe even your husband, take a moment to stop and put off anger and put on love. This is where you need to rethink your thinking. Sadly, we usually just react and we don't tend to see or desire to seek change in the sinful patterns and responses in our lives. One way to change your thinking is to continue to saturate your mind and thoughts with God's word. We know from God's word that what is inside our hearts will come out in our behavior and responses. So a change in our behavior needs to start in the heart. And God uses his word to bring about that heart transformation in us. So every time you choose to replace a sinful desire or action with a biblical one, you at that moment are being renewed in your mind and heart. So how can, I want to make this practical. So I struggle with anger and impatience. And I've memorized 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 as a reminder to me of what love looks like. I'm reminded that when I am patient with my child or husband, I'm showing love to that person. When I'm speaking in a kind and gentle voice and not being harsh, I'm showing love. The passage in 1 Corinthians 13 is a beautiful description of what love is like. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, 
but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. God has laid out for us in his word what love looks like. It should be my joy as a believer to obey his commands. 1 John 5, 3 reminds us, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. When we have a desire to please the Lord, in time those old ways of thinking will have less of a stronghold on us, and over time we will start to see right responses being more dominant and wrong ones showing up less and less. When we have sinful patterns in our lives that we've practiced for years, it's not a quick fix. So don't be discouraged, but continue to fight the good fight. God's grace works in and through us, but it is still man's responsibility to work with God at it. Take the time to recognize your sinful thinking. Pray and seek the Lord and ask him what you should have been thinking. What thoughts or responses would be God-honoring? Look up verses on the areas you struggle with. Memorize scripture. Talk to yourself and ask yourself again and again, what should I be thinking? That is worth repeating. What should I be thinking, Lord? So we're not going to respond correctly, right? We're going to mess up every time. Um, you know, we're going to correct our children. It's not going to be this perfect response. But I am so thankful for God's forgiveness and mercy to us. When those moments happen, seek to properly restore the relationship with your loved ones. Repent of your sinful response to God and to the person you sinned against and seek their forgiveness. And then turning the tables on this one is also how you respond when others sinfully respond to you because others are not going to necessarily respond rightly to us, right? There's going to be those moments in our home where our husbands and children are going to respond sinfully towards us in anger or impatience or whatever the response is. But we have the choice to respond back lovingly, right? And to put on love even in our response back and not to take a wrong suffered and play it again and again in your mind. You can choose to forgive. So how does love act? We know how it acts when we read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And there are ways that we can practically live that out with God's help. We know love is patient, so we can correct our children with a calm and loving voice. We know love is kind, so we we can ask what we can do to show kindness to someone, right? We know love is not arrogant, so we can respond respectfully and correct gently when needed. And you may be saying to yourself at this moment, am I a hypocrite by doing something when I don't feel like it? A quote I heard from Lou Priolo was such a helpful response to that comment. He said, you are never being a hypocrite when you obey God's word. On the flip side, when we do what we feel and we don't obey God's word, we're in sin. Here, we need to correct our children, right? But the next time you find anger or impatience welling up inside of you, take the time to pray and ask the Lord, how can I show love to them? How can I honor you, Lord, in this moment? And how can I glorify you, Lord, in correcting my child? Discipline in love in a peaceful and calm tone of voice. There is hope if you desire to obey God. He will help to change you.
So my friends, remember, Jesus is enough always. I'm so thankful that you chose to spend part of your day here with me today. You can find the show notes and where to connect with me on social media or contact me at thankfulhomemaker.com. I'm, um, there's lots of links in these show notes, but I'm also going to put a link to Martha Peace's, um, it's a, a study that she did. It's her put on, put off study, and it's a great one to work through and it'll help you to recognize the sinful areas in your life where you're not responding rightly. I'd be so honored if you shared the podcast and encouraged others to listen in. And please, if you can leave an iTunes review, the more reviews, the greater other Christian women will find the podcast. Thank you so much. Bunches and bunches to those who have rated and reviewed the podcast. I so appreciate the time you took out of your day to do that. My friends, have a blessed week.